when you hate yourself. Welcome to 3Gs in a Pod, where we bring you conversations from our conventional friendship built on unconventional life experiences. I'm Ristine. And I'm Jamie. And I'm Eric. In this episode, we will be discussing a stop-motion anthology on Netflix called The House, a film that prompts viewers to analyze its underlying themes. It encompasses three stories with separate characters, but one common theme, which is The House. This episode will contain spoilers, so if you haven't already seen the movie, we would recommend that you watch it on Netflix and then come back and listen to our thoughts. With that, let's get into the first chapter. So the first chapter begins with cozy vibes featuring a family and their children, Mabel and Isabel. When relatives visit them and mock the family home, the parents begin to question their home and living space. They begin to want a better home with with more luxuries in their lives. And so one night, the father who suffers from alcoholism makes a drunken agreement with the butler of an eccentric architect to give up their shabby cottage in exchange for a nice mansion. Greed takes over the parents and the family soon moves into the mansion. The mansion is an ideal living space with a never-ending supply of freshly prepared food and lights that turn on by themselves. As the parents get wrapped up into the new amenities of their home, they begin to neglect their children and their surroundings. They begin to conform to the architect's request and meet their untimely death when the house burns to ashes. The chapter ends just after we see the two children escape the burning house. So this was obviously like the origin story of how the house came to be. And like we discovered this like crazy, creepy man built this house. I thought there was more to like more symbolism in who that man was. It wasn't really clearly shown on like who he is, but I personally thought he was kind of like the devil um when the drunken father agreed on taking the house for free um he was just super creepy like when he popped out randomly during that episode and how the butler also was really scared the whole time and he even confessed that he was just a paid actor so it makes me really question who the architect even was it was sad but pretty relatable how the dad did make that deal with who we're assuming is the devil just because he wanted to impress his family. Since I think in the real world, people obviously won't go lengths and like make deals <laughs> with the devil, but they'll do things just to prove other people wrong or to fit someone else's standards. I think it really brought up the theme of social pressure too. Um, and just because their relatives were mocking even though they themselves seemed content with the house like he was showing off his family heirlooms in the corner and like the two children were clearly happy there and the mom was even like she made the curtains herself she was they all seemed pretty content with the house but as soon as the relatives came in and mocked the house they started questioning their basically entire existence because like the house was their home was their existence they didn't like go out anywhere so I think social pressure can be really harmful and this chapter really showed that it also showed the innocence of children since the kids didn't really care about how luxurious the house was like you mentioned the heck and I think that was because since they were still kids they don't have like those thoughts in their head of wanting to impress other people yeah like big factors was like 
just materialism overall, they were just, the mom and dad was really, became really obsessed with the interior of the new house. And to the point where they became furniture themselves, it's kind of like, you are what you eat. And I'm glad like what Racine brought up, the innocence of the children, they weren't harmed. Um, they weren't like caught in the fire and they were able to survive, which was like really like, you know, they kind of resemble hope at the end. But I just thought that desire and greed was like the main themes of the, like the episode, but I also thought like selfishness too. Um, I think with, like the whole problem started with like the dad, like in the beginning, the dad had his drunk spree and he was just angry after like his family visited him and like the mom and the daughter and the kids, they had to like try to make sure, keep him like, make sure like the house and environment was still good and make sure he was like well-kept, but I feel like he was selfish enough to make that deal and like the that caused that harm for the family and another analysis video I saw is that like I also noticed that she was like why is everything getting so green like they were dressed up in like the green costumes like the whole walls became so dark green and then the one of the analysis videos that I saw is that like um green represented like greed it's like one of like the seven deadly sins which like makes more sense and like that symbolism you know Ooh, I, I did notice like everything was becoming green but I never knew why so that actually mm. makes a lot of sense yeah mm-hmm. that's a good connection I didn't realize that either Thomas like the butler or the, the message man he was really he gave me so much unsettling feelings I it was so because he was so unpredictable I didn't know what he was gonna like his actions was just so random. He was just really scared and agitated, like, especially when there's scenes showing him by himself. And then, like, when he said he was a paid actor, that, that like, tripped me off. And him crying by himself in the dark, and, like, their faces, just, it was just really creepy. But I really liked how, like, they looked. It was very authentic and kind of, like, realish. You can see like the textures of the face and like the little movements of the hair. I thought it was like, even though the storyline was like kind of like creepy and unsettling, I enjoyed looking at like the, the the art, you know. Yeah, I think overall in all three of the chapters, the art was really really nice. And for stop motion too, it can be really hard to get those details. And I think they really paid attention, especially like even the little like baby hairs moving when the wind blows or the, the way the fires were like animated. It looked really, really nice. I guess we can move on to the second story. So the second story takes place in like a more modern setting. And we see like the house is surrounded like in a bustling city. It's a bit more damaged. So um, the new main character, this rat, I think like the universe of this one is more focused on like animals. Uh, so the main character is a rat and he just bought the house. And basically throughout the whole episode, we see him using his life savings to renovate um, the interior of the house. And he is planning on like selling the house and thinking that he'll make fortunes once he's done renovating it. 
but he discovers that like the house is infested with roaches and he tries his best to clear them away before like the open house but unfortunately he doesn't and the cockroaches and the bugs are still there on opening day but um we can see how like anxious and obsessive he becomes um, as each day progresses and even during the opening day of the house when he was advertising like the quality of the house to his potential buyers um like you can see um how he was just breaking down overall near the end uh so he tries to like make um sell like the house by showing off the new gadgets he installed and overall like the buyers a lot of them did not show any interest but um most of them left the house but these two strange people I think they're a couple they expressed interest in the house but they didn't really say that they would buy the house but or like instantly make an offer and they end up staying in the house for free for like a period of time and this ended up making the rat go insane and we kind of see what perception he was in and like kind of revealed a lot of the things that I think this uh, story showed another example of desperation and how it can lead to your downfall because this rat was so obsessed with trying to sell the house and getting rid of those cockroaches that a theory I saw was he actually like made himself go crazy by using all that powder stuff and it just messed with his head so he wasn't realizing that the couple was actually like the roaches because their body shape was different so it kind of hinted towards that yeah it's good that you bring up the desperation because I think another theme was kind of the economy I think they were in a recession based on the stuff in his background and houses weren't selling too well and then just societal pressures and capitalism in general were forcing him in sort of into this desperation and he like constantly makes calls to his dentist because he doesn't have anyone else to talk to so another part I think that led to it was hustle culture that stems from our economy and capitalism that drives people just like you should be so ambitious that you should want something this badly but it showed that he wanted something so badly that it literally killed him in the end. Yeah, I think we can see how obsessed or like addicted the rat was towards the house. And we can see, I think like another theory or um, idea that I found is that like, this could also have a theme of mental health. And the rat is someone that is dealing with like, a mental health problem such as like anxiety or schizophrenia and we kind of see that near the end for me when I watched it the part where um he was calling like the like the security and the police came up to the house and they and he was like begging them to like arrest the two buyers to get rid of them because they were like living there for free and I was like yeah please help him out like this is going too far but then they discover that they're about to like almost arrest him or warn him because he's been obsessively calling the dentist and I was so shocked because I thought he was calling his wife you know like he was like don't worry honey like I'm gonna 
sell this house and make the money and we can like live or something. That's like my idea. And then that made me realize how messed up the rat was. I think like him trying to like clear away the roaches, um, but like it's obviously it's not like the root of the house. Like it wasn't like the structure of the house overall. He only cleared like the external part. And that's kind of like someone that's dealing with like a mental health, you know? Yeah, I have to put like a front or a facade towards other people. And it's obviously really difficult when you're doing that all the time when you're not feeling well and you're not like going towards like the root of your problem. So I thought that was like a pretty cool like connection or analysis. Oh, I didn't even think of it that way. So that was a good point. And like, yeah, I really like that idea we're seeing about like the couple that were disguised as the Beatles because I was so creeped out on the way they were built. Like the, I think the wife was the tall one or something. And she had like, wasn't she the one that had four fingers or four hands? I was like, what kind of rat is this? And then the husband was like with big beetle eyes. I don't know. The part where they kept zooming into him. It was so creepy. And I was watching at night too. I definitely do not recommend like if you guys are listening to this, don't watch this at night because it will, it's just really unsettling. It's not necessarily scary, but it's creepy and unsettling. Yeah, out of all three of them, this one was the weirdest one or the one that made me feel the least safe mm-hmm. in my own skin. Like <laughs> I just wanted to crawl out. It was so gross. Like, you know, that scene at the end where um, the house is just, just like in, infested and then mm. I think the rat is the one who's eating in the oven and is was that him yeah that yeah. was him. so he was- ended up towards the end after his visit to the hospital he came back to the house and the couple had taken over just like the roaches and almost multiplied like they called their family over it was it was like a family get together and that's where I kind of started seeing the similarities between the pests and the couple and then at the end he I think he's like this is kind of the underlying theme I got from the ending is that he submitted to the pressure and he kind of just joined them like you know that saying if you can't beat him join them he was trying so hard throughout the whole chapter to get the couple out but then at the end I think he realized like he couldn't do anything about it and so he just submitted to exactly what they were doing and he he started doing exactly what they were doing too because they were eating the couches and tables like they were eating the furniture and he ended up eating the stuff in the appliance right and then he just crawled into the oven yeah the way they all like welcomed him with that synchronized clap cult vibes it was so creepy I also wanted to add like that random dance breakdown of the bugs enjoying their time at the house I was like what is this part it's so random like and then I had a like I need to find an explanation for this so I saw in another analysis video that that, like that could be obviously that's like going on his head I think that's just another like symbolic way of his breakdown him getting worse like him like the his issue and problems like getting worse and worse and he's just going insane from it yeah I never thought about it like that until you mentioned the mental health kind of symbols um but 
yeah the dance break was so random and I I was literally just thinking about like how does this tie into everything but once you said that it makes sense that it was all in his imagination that could have been like his tipping point of his health his mental health Finally, we have story three, which takes place in the future, where the house is surrounded by water because of an event that they call the floods. The main character this time is still an animal. Her name is Rosa and she's a cat and she has great plans for the house, but is struggling to renovate it because her two current tenants, which are also cats, are paying her in fish and crystals rather than money. Um, Later on, there's another character introduced called Cosmos, and he's another spiritual character along with Jen, and he helps Elias build a boat to leave the house. In the end, all of the characters end up leaving, including Rosa, who throughout the story has an obvious attachment to the house. What did you guys think about the characters in this chapter? I think personally, I liked Cosmos the most. He was just kind of like doing his own thing and I I think I liked Rosa the least actually because it was just so frustrating how she was so narrow-minded and she was just so fixated on the house when she could have easily like looked out to see the opportunities that could have been if she just looked away from the house. I actually disagree with you and I think it would be flipped for me. I thought Cosmos was the most annoying character and I kind of related to Rosa with the attachment part like maybe I have attachment issues but I was like I can understand why Rosa was trying to or I could understand why Rosa was getting frustrated because she was trying to make things better but everyone was just like going on about their lives as if nothing even mattered but my actual favorite character was Elias the one who paid in fish I thought he was very wholesome and kind yeah, my perception of this part was really similar to Christine. Like, I was, <laughs> I maybe I also have, like, an attachment issue, too, but I could, like, understand, like, her, like, drive. I, I saw her ambitions and why she wanted to, like, renovate the house, and, like, she had, like, this big dream, and she had it all set up for a while. We could see that on, like, her planner on the wall, and, like, none of her friends were like complying to like the rules that she had listed out and they were just like doing whatever but also at the same time like I saw like the overlying like like we saw clips of how like the flood was getting worse because like for me I assumed that the flood was gonna like dissipate and then she'll be able to like renovate and have like more people come live in her apartment and she'll make money or like this could be like a spot for potential like people to stay for the night and travel through like the boat their boats or something that's why I said oh that's a good investment just to bring out the house because it is the only thing standing there you know like this house has been standing for a very long time so I just thought it's gonna be okay but then I thought she was just really rude and ungrateful for like the friends that she had and how they really cared for Rosa well-being and how like she does have this obsession towards the house and how like her needing money isn't really applicable during the world that they're in um and I think like definitely did believe that the crystals and the fish was more like important than like money at that moment for them uh but I also liked Elias I liked how he was like really chill and I think he I thought he was like a glue-ish I think Jen actually Jen is 
more of a glue person. But Elias, like, I, I found him relatable. He's a good, chill person. I think I liked Rosa the least because I am, in a way, Rosa. <laughs> like, when you I, hate yourself. <laughs> I'm just it was kidding. like, you know, you see yourself and you're like, why is it, like, why is this person being like this? But it was because I'm kind of like that too, where I'll like fixate on a goal and if things aren't going my way, like, I'll start to get angry. So I feel like, I saw those similarities between us. That's why I didn't like say. I just wanted to say that really quick. Not that I'm a hater, but. <laughs> Rosa protection squad. But no, I seriously think that her story or like chapter three was my favorite out of the three of them, because even though this still showed sort of the desperation or like the attachment to the house, Rosa was the only character who sort of learned how to let go I mean she left the house or left the location of the house but she still had the house and even though she physically had the house I think it was just the symbolism of leaving compared to the other two stories where they let themselves just die in the house yeah I think this one was definitely more wholesome or more hopeful than the other two in that she kind of learned she she kind of saw where she was going wrong and grew from it which we did not see in the past two chapters mm-hmm. and even though she was still in the house it is realistic because like when you're trying to overcome things you aren't able to do it in one day so just because she left like the physical presence or like the physical spot where the house was doesn't mean that the next day she can leave the house. Maybe it's something that'll come over time. Yeah, baby steps. That's a great thing to point out. I also liked how, like, even though she was with the house, like, some people can say that, oh, she's still obsessed with the house. She's, like, carrying it with her. You can just see, like, the expressions that they made her. Like, you can see, like, the relief when she saw, like, the sky and she was up on the very top of the house and it was sailing. Like, it, she's kind of, like, throwing that, bad past away you know like looking towards the future with her friends and that that was like a step you know I think you could almost say that she was boxing herself up before and then she started to open the box and let the light in and you can really see that with her expressions and her mannerisms it was interesting to me how in all three of the stories uh, the the obsession with the house led the different characters to become blind to what they had like it made them ungrateful sort of how Jamie mentioned like the fish and the crystals were better than money um and then like for the creepy rat story he was so obsessed with the house that he didn't realize that maybe his mental health was deteriorating or in the first story the mom and dad didn't realize that their obsession with the house led them to like lose their family and become the house yeah, I really agree. I feel like the house really brought like the worst side of them out and they just neglected like their past selves or like they weren't grateful for what they had already, like in the present moment. They all like just became really tunnel vision <laughs> and they like dug themselves deeper in a hole. Like I know that like there was a one common thing they had, it was like an outside force that made them change or led them to become who they are like for the first episode the outside force was like 
that creepy um dude i don't know we i think we're saying that he's like the devil like that he came in and then the outside force for like the second movie was like the strange wonky disguised bug rat couple and then the third one was um i guess people can say like the flood was but i think it was cosmos like he was like the outside force that kind of like came in and changed up everything all the characters almost blamed the people that you mentioned for example like cosmos rosa did not like him at all like she didn't want to even eat with him be in the same room with him she thought that he he was the reason that Elias left and that Jen was going to leave too um so I feel like they kind of attributed their shortcomings to the force that was actually causing them to grow and it relates to real life too because sometimes when you're in a tunnel vision or you're just stuck with yourself you need that outside force which is sometimes another person to come in and tell you that something is wrong because you won't realize it on your own that's true I think going back to what Jamie said they're really fixated on the house and what they want to accomplish and they don't really think big picture at all versus like us I think you realize it's really important to think big picture because even though something might not be going right in the moment you know overall things will be okay but in the in the movie the characters were not like that at all where they thought it was kind of like this thing or the end but I think yeah the force or like the driving force really helped them see that it was the other way around but some of them didn't see it so (laughs) I think it's a good lesson to learn (laughs) what was some like common themes or ideas that you guys discovered that each episode had I think we already mentioned them while talking about each episode, how they all had an obsession with the house and that obsession blinded their their decisions. Yeah, I think all of them also had like materialism and greed, maybe even envy for a different lifestyle or like overambitious, I think, or ambition with a lack of direction. I also noticed that in all of the stories, none of the characters paid to live in the house. Like in the first story, it was given to them. And there's this saying where like the worst things in life are free to us. And that just reminded me how the house was free to them. And it kind of brought out the worst in all of the characters. That's true. Yeah, I never thought about that. But in the first one, the house was given by the architect. In the second one, how did he get the house? I think he, since he was a realtor, it was just like a house on the market. So, mm, they, okay. And then yeah. the last one she had, like, Rosa, it was handed down, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And like then, the, like, the tenants didn't pay either. Yeah, the tenants pay didn't pay anything. Yeah. And, like, I think the potential buyers didn't pay the house. I think that's, like, one thing. Yeah, those two rat slash cockroaches were living in the house too but they didn't pay for it they didn't pay anything mm-hmm. who also the first I thought that the three chapters would be more interconnected when in the second one the baby's name was the same name as the child in the first chapter and if you guys caught that 
was it one of I think it was one of the potential buyers kids like they were mm-hmm. just a little small rat and they're like come on Isabel and I was like whoa is this them reincarnated like what's happening right here yeah I really thought there would be like more like obvious connectors because I think that was the most obvious one but I like gasp when I heard like Isabel like in the captions spelled the right way too I was like ah is this them but differently I think another crossover connection it's like really like subtle was when like Cosmo Cosmos was talking to Rosa on how they're gonna like fix the house I think that's what Rosa thought but Cosmos was telling Rosa how like an advice was to look at the root of the problem in the house and I think that was something that like definitely the rat in the previous episode did not do or did not have um yeah, and when especially when he was like fixing up the house, he was only like putting like nice gadgets or nice like items to like make it look really like up to date and lavishy. I think those crossovers are really nice, but it also makes it and more of an anthology in that each chapter could be like an episode on its own. Or a movie of its own and you don't kind of you almost don't have to watch the other two to watch just the one but mm-hmm. if you did watch all of them they all interconnect very nicely so I think that was really clever on the creator's part yeah and each story kind of takes place in a different point in time so it sort of shows how like even though some there can be something that's constant but the world around it changes I think it also showed that each one of the themes like desire and greed even across time and across different species they still exist how would you guys rate the film out of 10 i'm scared to go first because i think i'm going to be a harsh critic (laughs) do we start with the negative first or do we start with the positive ratings first Let's start with you, Racine, because you already, <laughs> you already said it's going to be negative. <laughs> I would rate this movie a 4 out of 10. I think the only thing I liked about it was the art style. I really appreciated the stop motion that they like just continued throughout. And it was like super beautiful to see how you guys mentioned earlier, all of the details and how they also incorporated things like water and fire along with like the felt, which was what everything else was made out of. But other than that, I I don't think the movie just like hit with me. Um, and it wasn't, it's not that I don't like the themes or anything like that, but I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the movie. Yeah. When I first watched it and I finished the movie, I felt though like myself, like in the vibes, I felt even more down, even though the ending was all right, you know. Um I yeah, appreciate like the the art and the work of like the stop motion, but I just thought, especially the the first um story the way they were built was just so creepy to me <laughs> um like it's really cool like I love the texture and stuff but I think it's just like the way they are and the way it was like shown was unsettling and I was kind of I felt like frustration throughout the whole plots of each of the stories because of how like the characters could not see 
like they're just digging themselves a hole and the problems that they're having and like even with the ending I wasn't really quite satisfied or I didn't feel really good um yeah I would rate this maybe a five out of ten <laughs> just personally not in a bad way <laughs> you guys both made valid points that I agree with I think for me though I appreciated how unconventional it kind of was because normally you see a happy ending but in this one it was just kind of like it left me with a question mark and throughout the whole thing I was walking I was watching it with a question mark and I kind of like just had to think about it even as we're talking right now I'm not fully satisfied or like fully content with what I got out of the film and I feel like that's a new feeling that I haven't had I don't think ever when I watch something so I feel like I would rate it higher than you guys I think I'd give it like a seven honestly even though it's not something I would have watched if Jamie didn't recommend it and even though I saw clips of it on TikTok before we even talked about it I saw it and I was like oh that looks good but I don't think I ever would have clicked on it myself but now that I've watched it I think I would watch it again especially after having this conversation just to see what else I can pick up and to see what other themes that I could potentially find I, think I like to edit my rating <laughs> <laughs> first in singles inferno and now this <laughs> don't fall into peer pressure Jamie follow your heart no. okay one thing I really enjoyed was watching like everyone else's opinions of the movie and their interpretations I really enjoyed listening to you guys's like analysis of what you guys thought of the movie as well as like these different videos on YouTube I watched and I think like these type of movies I enjoy because there's just so much depth and meaning which I really appreciate the directors and writers that create these type of films it's kind of like Coraline and like um like the, that type of stop motion film but I'm rating it pretty low um, because I wouldn't want to watch it again, maybe because I'm like a wimp. That is just so creepy vibes to me. And yeah, it did left me on like a lot of like things didn't really click right away, but it still made me want to like discover like why or what are the themes and what does that mean? And yeah, but I wouldn't want to watch it again. <laughs> I think the explanation for my rating isn't low because I wouldn't watch it again because I rated singles inferno like what did I rate it a six and I said I wouldn't watch it again I think for this one it's similar but different to Mahek where I also felt the question mark so probably if I let this movie marinate a little more I might think more deeply or strongly about it but I think the movie just didn't have like an impact on me so like I wouldn't say it's boring because it is like very deep but I just don't think that the movie left a great enough impact on me to be like, yes, this is the best movie ever. I don't honestly know if I would watch it again. I feel like the thought of watching it again is nice, but I don't know if I would watch it again. So maybe like a seven was a little high. Maybe I'll give it a six. We're all just out here editing. <laughs> so okay, I We're gave it so a six. Bad at reading. <laughs> I gave it a six. Racine gave it a four. Jamie, what was your new rating? It was a six a six okay I think that's pretty good mm -hmm. average five movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much for listening to our discussion of the house. The full stop motion film is streaming on Netflix, so be sure to check it out and let us know your thoughts on the polls below this episode if you're listening on Spotify. Catch up on our previous episodes and follow at 3G's pod on Instagram and TikTok for behind the scenes content and updates on new episodes. Until next time, bye. Bye. bye.